In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mentioned on Tuesday evening in that Holy Mass that the offering of our Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross is the greatest statement of God's love for mankind and the greatest declaration, the greatest declaration that He makes regarding our worth to Him. You didn't hear me say our worthiness. For none of us are worthy of this incredible, unfathomable love of God. And yet the cross, God from the cross and in the cross and through the cross, declares our worth to Him. And to continue this thought this evening, a week ago, last Wednesday at our noon Mass, I shared a quote from one of the church fathers on what was accomplished by our Lord Jesus Christ in and through the cross for us. And I mentioned that I had a feeling it would be appropriate to have it read again and taught again this evening. And most of you weren't there on Wednesday anyway. Listen to the words of St. Basil of Seleucia. He was a bishop in the 8400s. Listen to his words about the cross. For the sake of his flock, the shepherd was sacrificed as though he were a sheep. He did not refuse death. He did not destroy his executioners as he had the power to do. For his passion was not forced on him. He laid down his life for his sheep. By his own free will. I have the power to lay it down. He said. And I have the power to take it up again. By his passion. He made atonement for our evil passions. By his death. He cured our death. By his tomb. He robbed the tomb. By the nails that pierced his flesh. He destroyed the very foundations of hell. Death held sway. Until Christ died. The grave was bitter. Our prison was indestructible. Until the shepherd went down. And brought to his sheep confined there. The good news of their release. His appearance among them. Gave them the pledge of their resurrection. And called them to a new life. Beyond the grave. The good shepherd lays down his life. For his sheep. And seeks to win their love. Now you tell me if you can fathom this because I can't wrap my mind and I cannot wrap my heart about around this truth. That Christ our God endured this suffering and this passion because he sought to win our love. That is an amazing thought. What he was after and what he endured to gain. Tonight, tonight, to let the cross communicate to our soul the very love of God. And how far His love, His compassion, and His mercy moved God to go so that paradise could be opened to us again. You know, every year we do Stations of the Cross. Every Friday throughout Lent. And anybody that does that all throughout the weeks and, and all throughout the years that we do it, you would testify, I'm sure, as I would to you. That every time we do the Stations of the Cross, every Lent, our Lord is showing us new and more and greater things about His going to the cross for us. 
And I want to share with you what he showed me as we did the Stations of the Cross all throughout this Lent. What was it that he drew me into? It's this. So many of the meditations of the Stations of the Cross at each station are what I call extreme statements of God's condescension out of his love for us. That is how far God in Christ lowered himself to bring us back to him. Meditations summed up by their meaning, not reading them to you, but what these meditations tell us about our Lord lowered himself in love to bring to raise us up back to himself. Listen to just some of them. Behold the Lord, the judge of all souls, subjects himself to be judged. By a sinful man, Pilate. Behold the Lord who made the earth falls to the dust that he created. Behold the Lord who upholds the whole world in his hand and is now upheld by a man he created, Simon, who would bear the cross because this same God and Lord could not bear its weight. Behold the Lord, who clothed the world in beauty, is stripped of his clothing. I'll pause for a second. Behold the Lord, who clothed the world in beauty is stripped of his clothing and prepared for the cross. Are you hearing the language of the condescension, the lowering of God? How far he went to open this paradise back up to us. In just a few short moments, as we adore Christ's holy cross and Christ fixed upon it in his crucifixion, you're going to hear the reproaches. In the meditation of the reproaches, it draws us to a holy lamentation, a holy mourning of what our Lord is doing, has done, and forever will do for our salvation. It's a profound sadness, and yet it's mixed with joy of how greatly God desires us, and we see it by how far he would go. For while, as Scripture says, we were yet sinners, he came for us. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12, listen to his words. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And here it is, listen. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. In my humanity and probably in yours, I can't see joy going to such a horrific end. But the writer is so specific that it was for the joy set before our Lord Jesus Christ that he endured the cross. Have you considered what was this joy? What was this joy that pressed him to endure this? 
want you to hear the truth. You were his joy. I was his joy. Every human soul fallen in pain, in disorder, in dysfunction, suffering from the fall of humanity that would come to him desiring his salvation, his relief, his healing, his redemption, our healing and release from captivity. That was the very joy that drove him to endure the Holy Cross. And I say it again, the cross is the resounding and eternal declaration of God of the worth of every human soul that he breathed life into, that he created. What an eternal expression of the love of God is the crucifixion and the cross before us this evening. Because it was for that joy that he gave himself to the nailers, to the smiters, to the abusers, to those who would open his back with the Roman cat of nine tails whip. It was for that very joy, the joy of regaining us to himself, that he would refuse to do what he could have done. And we heard it in the gospel. And it was called legions of angels to come and rescue him from the hands of the cruelty of fallen mankind. It was for the joy that he would give up his spirit willingly. No one could take it from him by his own command and taste the bitterness of death caused by human disobedience. It was for the joy of his standing after death before every soul in Hades, starting with Adam and Eve, the first to transgress all the way to all the souls in that present time, revealing himself as the gospel to them. Souls so long imprisoned in Hades so that even they could receive him and gain paradise. When we consider the joy in Christ that moved him to the cross, what is our response? What is the only right and adequate response to our Lord Jesus Christ with our lives? I say it's the exact same thing is modeled by Christ. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Therefore, for the joy set before us, our healing, our redemption, our paradise, a day when our tears will be wiped away and suffering will be put to death. For the joy set before us of all of that and for the joy set before us of obtaining Christ himself, what shall we do? We shall deny ourselves and we shall offer our life laying it down for the joy set before us. You see, my friends, this is the taking up of the cross. If Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured it, for the joy set before us, so that we may inherit and experience that joy in the eternal now, not just the eternal then. We deny ourselves and we follow him. He said to be my disciple, what must we do? Take up our cross. We must die that he might live in us. And as St. John, the forerunner, said perfectly, he must increase. We must decrease. That's the response of love to love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.